0: While I search the heart of God, this good God I profess about what he has to say about pain and suffering, I have discovered that there are many types of deaths. And in my opinion, some worse than death, such as a vegetative state, a traumatic brain injury, Alzheimer's. You lose your loved one long before you lose them. And I've often questioned whether or not, is it any better to have time to say goodbyes, like something with cancer? So you have time to say everything that needs to be said, but you have to watch them deteriorate and turn into someone that they don't even look like, they don't resemble their old self. Or is it better to lose them instantly and never get to say goodbye? I don't know. I I don't have an answer to that. But what have you lost? That was of great value to your heart. Are you like me? You lost a loved one. But what about your peace? A dream? A job, a home, your finances? Have you had to say goodbye to a friendship or grieve a broken marriage vow? Whenever we're separated from that which we hold dear, there's a grieving process, or at least there should be because pain will wait for you. When life as you know it is flipped upside down, we struggle to make sense of it all. Why would a good God allow this to happen? Hi, I'm Sherry Pilkington, your host of Finding God in Our Pain. In early 2018, the deepest questions of my life erupted when I unexpectedly lost my husband of 32 years. Since then, I've searched the heart of God for what He has to say about pain and suffering. In this podcast, we'll discover how God enters into our pain, shepherds us through our darkest valley, and out into the green pastures once again. I'll bring you firsthand stories from women who will allow us into their authentic struggle, along with professional advice from experts, counselors, and others who can speak to what it looks like to navigate pain. Join me as we discover God's answers to the deepest cries of our shattered heart. Welcome to my solo flight. It's my first one. Well, With the exception of the pilot episode where I explain what the podcast is about. This is my second, I guess you could say, solo flight. But I wanted to have a one-on-one with you because I have some exciting news. I stepped into the role of speaker. So I'm a blogger, a podcaster, a speaker, and I have author in my sites. And no matter which role I find myself in, I love encouraging the hearts of women letting them know that they're never alone. I want to share one of the messages that I've had the privilege to give at various churches and women's groups. It's based on my personal experience as I moved through the early stages of my grief after unexpectedly losing my husband, Larry, going from stunned silence to anger to surrender. But before you tune me out, feeling like grief is only for the loss of a loved one's stay tuned because I share what I've discovered. Grief is present anytime that we are separated from the things that we hold near and dear to our hearts. If there is any beauty to be found when we find ourselves in those, or one of those bottomless freefalls of desperation and uncertainty, it is discovering God's presence, discovering that his word is true, we can go from knowing things about God through his word to a whole new level of intimacy because he was proven true in the darkest struggles of our lives. Only God can reach deep pain. And the reason I say that is because if you can't change my circumstance, you can't reach or change my pain, but God could, and God did. Knowing Scripture is powerful, but it's not everything. I knew Deuteronomy 31 8, which says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. I knew Psalm 91 4. He will cover you with his feathers, he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. I knew Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And I can do a later episode breaking down how God showed himself faithful to me using Psalm 23. But my point is that scripture is powerful when we engage the author, God. I knew a lot of scripture, but up to that point in my life, my faith had never been tested to the degree that it was when I lost Larry. Those words on crinkly pages in the Bible would have been pointless unless I took them to the fountainhead of truth to examine them against who he says he is. And that's God. And I begin to process my pain with him. No matter how traumatic this life can be, God's heart and mission is to come to us. Let us rest in him, guide us through the pain and give us the beauty of his presence. And that's the only thing I ask for now, his presence in every situation. When you have the beauty of his presence, you get all of him. Knowing what he had done for me through this grieving process and how he patiently guided me through my grief, my questions, my chaos, my confusion is why I have no worry for tomorrow. No matter what unexpected twists and turns this life can take, will take. God's writing a much bigger love story with you and me than anything here. We're not gonna avoid the pain in this life. It's not if something painful happens, it's when something painful happens. So no matter what this life hands you, no matter how painful it might be, keep this close to your heart. You're never alone. And that the good God we profess speaks the most beautiful things in the dark. Let's jump into the message. Thank you for stopping by to listen. I so enjoy your company. I sure hope this encourages your heart today. Have you ever struggled to make sense of a loving God, a good God, and the reality of pain and suffering? Maybe you've asked him, where are you? Do you even care? Why me? I know I have because I'm processing the most painful season of my life after unexpectedly losing Larry, my husband of 32 years. We got married at 21, bought a house, a little house, and we waited to have children about five years. Once we had the boys, we had two boys born on the same day, three years apart, and they would often tell people they were twins. But these two boys found some of the most Thrilling things to be interested in. Of course, my husband was the biggest kid of them all. He was the ringleader. But at one point, I asked him, Can we do anything that doesn't involve signing a release of liability waiver? We started a business that our boys still run to this day. We weathered the adjustments of marriage, starting and raising a family, starting a business, and all the stressors that it takes to blend two independent people together as one flesh, heading in the same direction in union. And we weren't initially sold out on Christ, we experienced a fracture in the marriage and we watched God restore us to him and our marriage. It was a wonderful feeling of having made it through all the difficult seasons. We looked forward to our future years of growing old together, sitting on our porch, rocking chairs, holding hands, spoiling our grandchildren and watching our family grow. It was such a sweet, sweet spot. And then he was gone, just gone. It was a beautiful day in February for us here in Virginia on the coast. There was no snow or ice. We kissed as he left for work. I love you. Have a great day. See you later on. I'll call you. And everything seemed fine. And I spoke with him twice that morning, one time approximately 1030 maybe. And he said, I don't feel good. I'm going to go get try and get something to eat. He never ate breakfast. So 1030 would have been about the normal time for him to eat. And he said, I'm going to see how that makes me feel. But if it doesn't make me feel any better, I'm going to go home. And I said, okay, well call me after you eat and let me know how you feel. So at about 45 minutes later, he called me again to say, I feel worse. I'm going home. I think I'm going to throw up. And so I said, I've got one more errand to run. And then I'll go by the grocery store and I'll get some ginger ale crackers soup and I'll bring them home. So when you feel like you know, you want to eat something, I've got it right there for you. But the next time that I would see him would be to identify him and slip my hand into his lukewarm hand and feel it grow cold over the next hour. While I search the heart of God, this good God I profess about what he has to say about pain and suffering, I have discovered that there are many types of deaths. And in my opinion, some worse than death, such as a vegetative state, a traumatic brain injury, Alzheimer's, you lose your loved one long before you lose them. And I've often questioned whether or not, is it any better to have time to say goodbyes, like something with cancer. So you have time to say everything that needs to be said, but you have to watch them deteriorate and turn into someone that they don't even look like, they don't resemble their old self? Or is it better to lose them instantly and never get to say goodbye? I don't know. I, had, I don't have an answer to that. But what have you lost that was of great value to your heart? Are you like me? You lost a loved one? But what about your peace? A dream? A job, a home, your finances? Have you had to say goodbye to a friendship or grieve a broken marriage vow? Whenever we're separated from that which we hold dear, there's a grieving process, or at least there should be, because pain will wait for you, and it will show up in other ways or in other areas of your life if you don't deal with it. It becomes fear, anxiety, a lack of trust, depression, offense. Bitterness, addiction, we don't want to feel the pain, right? So we do what we need to do in order to self-medicate. We create these survival skills that we think will keep us from feeling the pain. But those survival skills take way more than they give. When Larry said he was headed home, I didn't know he meant heaven. And to be honest, I don't think he did either. But why didn't I ask more questions? Why didn't I pick up on something, anything? He wasn't a sickly man. He wasn't a lazy man. He was the youngest of eight. And his father lived to 83 with emphysema. And his mother passed at 89 of natural causes. I had this opportunity right in front of me to ask something, to ask more questions. And I missed it. It slipped through my hands, and I will never get it back. The would-haves, should-haves, and could-haves are surely some of Satan's most cruel and evil weapons against us. Regrets have the tendency, the ability, to eat you alive from the inside out. I struggle with my regrets through the lens of what a good wife would've, should've, and could've done. I repeatedly ask the Lord, why didn't you let me pick up on something? You could have given me a heads up, helped me connect things and take action. I could have gotten him to the hospital and he'd still be alive. I would still have my life intact. My expectations would be satisfied and I would have the life I wanted. And I heard God's fatherly voice. It's always firm and gentle and it pierced this dark place of spiraling panicky questions. And he said, Sherry, some things simply belong to me. And all knowing, all seeing God has the answer to my question, right? But my father knows me. And he knew that whatever answer he gave me would only be the next target. I would double down and I would grab hold of his answer and I would use it as a new thing to focus on and argue with him about Because anything short of bringing my husband back would not satisfy. When it comes to the pain of this life, it is important that we wrestle well with the good God that we profess because reality is radiation and chemo are making someone puke and their hair is coming out in clumps. Someone's welcoming a baby that they will only hold for a few minutes, a few hours, or a few years. Somebody's letting go of a cold hand and closing a casket, or maybe they're letting go of a cold dream, closing the casket on that dream. But it is equally true that someone is welcoming a healthy baby who will live well into their senior years. Someone is lacing fingers with another, taking their hand in marriage that will last until death do us part. Someone's ringing the cancer-free bell someone's receiving the miracle, the breakthrough of a lifetime that they have been pounding on the doors of heaven for. In our struggling well with the good God we profess, don't miss the opportunity for healing to begin. The realization of our inability to change our situation. We can't change it with our money. We can't change it with our prayers. We can't change it with our time, with our connections. When that helplessness collides with the good God's sovereignty, our response should be submission. And submission may sound like a weak word, but with God, I assure you, it is quite the opposite. Control is Control is an illusion. It's simply an illusion. The only one in control is God. And when I submitted my hurt to the healer who is in control, that's when healing began. Letting go of the need to understand every detail, for everything to add up and make sense. I laid it down. I laid down the argument. Now my voice and my pain no longer drowned out God's voice and his love. I could hear him. I could discern his presence. I could perceive his loving kindness. And let's be honest, no one can reach the pain that we feel when we're separated from that which we hold near and dear to our hearts. They try, but it's too deep to reach. People tell us God won't give you more than we can handle, but I'll say this. I found no comfort in that comment. But what I did find and what I do find comfort in is knowing that God never allows anything that he does not plan to redeem. The loving God of the Holy Bible wastes nothing. And this is good news. He most assuredly will not waste our pain. In his hands, everything has purpose. In heaven's value system, pain is still the goodness and kindness of God. What do I mean by that? For me, that pain is was a small glimpse, a dim shadow of the pain that we'd feel if we were separated from him eternally. A loving God warns his children, right? Our loving God has given us just a glimpse of that type of pain. Grief comes in waves and God heals in layers. And when we get sucked into an abyss of emotional ocean, God's there speaking beautiful things in the dark. He was for me. Early on in my grief, exhausted by my anxiety and begging for an answer to why, I would say, you're God. You could have stopped this. You could have given us more time. You could have changed the outcome of this. You could have intervened, and you didn't. And now everything feels like it's up for grabs. My grandchildren, my children, my future, how will I ever trust you again, God? And again, that kind and patient and gentle voice. No, Sherry, I didn't stop Larry's death, but nor did I raise my hand to stop the death of my only son so that you too can have your loved one back again. The loving God I professed, the good God I profess, has already gone ahead of me and provided a solution, better yet, a reunion, despite the fact that the reality in this life is that we are separated by death. What is something that you hold near and dear that you've been separated from? Something that you had expectations attached to that were not fulfilled. After all, we are people of expectation. Was it stripped away from you through no fault of your own? Something you never asked for or had any control over? Did your spouse walk out on you? Have you lost a physical ability? Is your child living a lifestyle that just absolutely crushes your heart to the point that when they're in jail, you feel guilty about being relieved because you know where they are. Has a measure of your independence been taken from you? Have you let a dream die thinking it's too late? With all this change just in this last couple of years, what have you been separated from? Had to say goodbye to? And more importantly, did you take the time to grieve? In the midst of the pain and suffering of this life, God never leaves us. He's present in it. Not that he approves of how we humans use our gift of choice, but he's present because he said nothing, nothing will ever separate you from him. He's certainly not going to let you endure this type of pain alone. A good God has a plan of redemption for the pain that we experience be it in the here and now, or the pain we'd feel if we were separated from him eternally. He gives us his son, the man who was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with the deepest grief. This life is not void of suffering, but our good God pierces it with his presence, his truth, his beauty, his redemption. When you let God heal you, when you turn around and share your story of who God is in your pain and suffering, you take part in this redemption story that God has for you. Keep the eyes of your heart on God because no matter what this life throws at you, tries to label you with, strips you of, God's writing a much bigger love story with you as the individual he created you to be. He's always speaking beautiful things in the dark. If you ever find yourself in a dark place sitting in a pile of ash and dirt don't be afraid dirt in the right hands is new life in the making and when it's the darkest the god of the holy bible speaks the most beautiful things in the dark now that's a good god